0: mindfulness mode
1: be mindful of the lesson that is being taught that is being opened up for you to embrace
0: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, we're here with a very creative, talented woman who has written a, a book that I thoroughly enjoyed. And she's enjoyed a 35 year career in the IT industry, but she was faced with a series of challenges that altered her professional life forever including being let go from a major technology company. And then her husband of 22 years suddenly passed away. And there were some other things we'll be talking about on the show as well, including breast cancer. And I can't even imagine how scary that experience was. I'm here today with Pat Alva Kraker. Pat, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: I am in mindfulness mode. Before this call, I actually set my intentions I was very mindful of what I wanted to have as part of this uh, this experience with you. And I, am, I invited my, I'm a very spiritual person, so I invited my guides and my angels to be with me so that this will be a very positive and loving experience for both of us.
0: Well, it certainly is something I've been looking forward to for quite a while because you sent me the book and I, I looked it over and I thought, wow, this is going to be an enjoyable, yet quick read and it definitely was a quick read and just so much so much in that short read though so much to to take from it but before we get talking about your book which is called Catherine's Quest One Woman's Journey to Elation I'll just hold it up here it's right here Catherine's Quest it's, it's a beautiful cover. I want to ask you, what does mindfulness mean to you, Pat?
1: For me, uh, mindfulness means uh, three things. is uh, First of all, being fully present. And when you're being fully present, also be aware of your surroundings by using all your five senses. Really taking that in. And then... Being aware of what may of the messages that may be given to you <clears throat> when you're fully present. Because we know that we're all our higher mind is always whispering. We're getting guidance from source, God, God, universe, great something, whatever that is for you. And when we're when we're fully present and we're using all our senses, then we become aware of the whispers the small messages and the direction that we're given. And for me, that's what mindfulness means. And that's how I live my days.
0: Well, you look like a very happy person and you are a very calm person. I can tell that by the way you speak and it's great to be able to see you here on zoom and, I'm just very fascinated about how you came to the point of writing this book. And I know that a lot of events happened in your life, but tell me what instigated you to actually write the book because so many people have things happen in their lives. They think about writing a book, they have intentions, but it never really happens. How did this actually happen
1: for you? Uh, I appreciate that question, Bruce. Uh, For me, it, it was always on my bucket list. And just I just really just allowed the the timing of that book to surface itself. And you're right, I did have several challenges. One, breast cancer, which is really what started me down to a path of self-leadership. Because during that time, it it was a wake-up call of the fact that I wasn't really taking good care of myself. There was a lack of self-care, which is common among all women is that we don't take care of ourselves. And just the fact that I was gonna take responsibility and actually heal myself. So I started really, I started documenting all the things that I was doing to heal myself in the process. And it, it began the, the the start of my, of my book. And then as, as you saw, my husband passed away at an early age and at that time, he and I were running an exotic animal ranch of 200 acres. And all of a sudden, it was just me and our ranch hand, Randy. And in that process of just really immersing myself in the running of that ranch and connecting with the animals, I started getting lessons from the animals themselves. I started to observe the level of community that happened among the donkeys. Uh And even when I went out there to see the donkeys and I would just to check to make sure they were healthy, their feet were okay, that they were eating, I would stand in the middle and all of a sudden they would just circle me. Really? And they would just bring me in as part of their community. So I began to really appreciate what community means. The uh, I raised potbelly pigs, a number of different potbelly pigs, which are my favorite animal. Are they? And then, oh, man. And you know what, Bruce, they're so smart and intuitive. And what, what um, Nikki taught me was being able to sense the energy of people. And she was trusting her intuitions. And so she started to teach me how to trust my intuition. And so what I would do is, when someone came to our ranch and they wanted uh, to buy an animal, I would have Nikki in the front yard, and as I was having conversations with the buyers, I would just look at Nikki to see how she interacted with them. If she immediately went up to them, then she read their energy, and their energy was good. If she Sense them and turned around and walked the other way, then I knew the energy wasn't good and they were probably not a fit for what I, the type of transaction, the type of person that I really wanted to sell my animals to. I see. So they, they taught me that, uh, she taught me that you need to trust your intuition and you need to follow that sixth sense when you're making decisions in your life. And so I started documenting those lessons that they taught me.
0: And now, would you consider yourself an animal whisperer?
1: I would, uh, in, in one sense, absolutely. Because I became very in tune with them. And I could, uh, I could tell if there was something uh, quite not right by just getting in their energy and being able to sense it and looking in their eyes and being able to see if they were clear and, and bright or, or dull and be able to sense that and i've developed that uh sense over time that i can really pick it up um, in people and i can pick it up also in their voice so just in the first three words that they say i can tell whether everything is well in their world or if something's quite not right
0: that is fascinating now i want to ask you you said it was an exotic animal farm and yet you've talked about donkeys and potbelly pigs which i wouldn't have thought would fit in the exotic category what other animals oh, do you, yeah. did you have
1: so, um, we had russian boars we had uh, birds from australia and uh, south america very rare birds we had seven different types of peacocks which many people don't know about they see the traditional you know bright green and blue but there are so many different color of peacocks And we had all of them because we were just in love with the majestic view, the the view of the majestic animals. And then we had emus and riyas. And we have different type of snakes. I mean, it was at one point we were feeding up to 450 animals.
0: Wow. Well, what's the definition of an an exotic animal?
1: Well, for me, it is a, a, a rare animal in its breed something that is not a it's not a common find in I see. Uh, when you go shopping for an animal or you go to a ranch for an animal um, you have to there are certain specific people that breed a certain unusual type of of uh, breed of animal within the class of cats or whether class of donkeys so one of the donkey our, the typical donkey is brown white or black and so for us, we wanted to breed spotted donkeys. So a uh-huh. spotted donkey is not your common donkey. It's I see. Sky, right? The, the the different kinds of peacocks, you find the green and the blue is a common one. But if you want a purple one, you're not going to find a lot of people that raise purple peacocks. Okay. So that's how we began to distinguish ourselves in the market.
0: So you had this ranch. Did you share this with people with the public or anything like that? Was it open to the public?
1: Yes, it was open to the public. We, uh, we definitely always had family and friends, and we also connected with a lot of schools and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and made the the ranch available, uh, to children. All our animals were, were friendly. If there was an animal that did, that was not a team player, it was gone. Okay. It was gone. We immediately was able to say, okay, this, this particular animal is not going to play well. You know, we need to get rid of it because we have too many people coming in and we need everybody. We need our animals to embrace people and be friendly with each other so and set the example.
0: So was your IT career in full mode while you were doing this, this work with the animals?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. In fact, I met my husband, uh, working for IBM and we, had, we both had a very long uh, career with them. And when he, when he passed, I was um, working for uh, Lockheed Martin at the time and I had my coaching practice and then I had the ranch and it became overwhelming to be honest with you. I had to make decisions on what was a uh, priority. And what was interesting is uh, my ranch uh, helper, Randy, was in a wheelchair Uh he had an electronic he had an electronic wheelchair a mechanic uh, a mechanical wheelchair and everything was fine until it rained snowed or iced and then he couldn't get around in that environment so I had to take a vacation day in order to feed the animals Uh because there was no there was no other helping hand to make this work for me Wow. So working for corporate and the ranch really became the priorities and everything else had to put on had to be put on the back burner and it was a lesson it was a lesson on uh, being asked, asking yourself what is the most important thing for me to do today
0: I can imagine and it would I, be a lesson
1: an incredible lesson on setting priorities giving yourself permission for other things to fall where they do, and knowing that um, you're exactly where you need to be.
0: Well, I want to ask you about those animals. Did they teach you a huge amount about mindfulness? Yes, they did. Can you elaborate on that? Animals
1: are fully present. They are absolutely fully present and always engaging, always aware. Their senses are very heightened More than many of us, more than many of us who who have all those same senses, they're very heightened. And um, they did. That's the thing about them is that they're fully present and they're they're aware of their community around them. And they immediately step in when they need support, which was another lovely lesson to be able to see.
0: So, Pat, when you were a child, did you love animals at that time as well?
1: As, As a child, we always had a dog. So we always had pets and uh, loved them. And I still do. I have my my dog, Dakota. He's a rescue dog. And I really, it, it's like the story of um, Green Acres, if you remember the series. City yes, girl go. marries country boy. And then all the fascination and the lessons that occur during that time. Some days it was really comical, Bruce. It was really comical because I was so naive about the animal world. And my, my husband Don was definitely an animal whisperer much more than me. It was fascinating to see him connect and talk and, and really um, through census that he was able to uh, make that connection with animals. And I just studied him. I studied what he did and how they connected. And I just, just watched. And I said, this is a fascinating uh, gift to have that I, in time, learned in my life.
0: What part of the world was this animal farm in?
1: It was in Denton, just uh, north of Dallas-Fort Worth.
0: Oh, in Texas. Yeah. Because I knew you were from Texas, but I didn't know if your farm was in Texas as well. And did that farm remain as an exotic animal farm after you sold it? Or did you have to, uh, you know, divide up the animals and have them go somewhere else?
1: Yes, we did. Um, I sold all the animals, found them, homes, um, especially the donkeys, because I raised a lot of them for babies and bottle fed a lot of them that I was very, very mindful of where my donkeys went to, and chose specific families that they that they went to, and so they, they we sold. You know, I sold everything, and I put uh, I put the, the ranch on the market, and um, it has sold uh, to a developer. Mm-hmm. And so yes, it's um, 200 acres is a large piece of land, and it's great yes. for developing. So that's that's where it's in the middle of. It's in the middle I of being see. developed.
0: And how long ago was that, that you sold it?
1: I sold that, actually we closed on it. Um, I had multiple buyers and the last one that we really secured was last March.
0: So not year, so long ago. Last year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Right, that must've been a huge undertaking to sell all the animals and take care of that project as you've described.
1: It, um, it was, it really was. Uh, needed a lot of help. depended on on people that we had done business with in the past to be able to do to be able to um, really get the place get the animals to a place where they would be sold and in a good and in good hands and um you know randy helped me a lot on on taking care of that and then really chain finding another home so it was a process to really move all the, the the sale of the animals Yep.
0: And so what part of this story did the breast cancer come into? Was it before your husband died or when did yes. this happen?
1: Yeah, it was before my husband died. I was 44 at the time and um, I come from a, uh, a family of cancer. So my mom had uh, breast cancer. I actually found the, the, can- the, the lump myself during a self-examination. Uh, and, um, you know, if, when you just really freak out, yeah. I am just really freaked out. And I couldn't get to a doctor fast enough to get some level of sense of where this was going. And um, so that process really happens quickly once you discover that it is cancer. And um, I did go down the traditional path. So I did do chemo and uh, radiation. But I also decided, and I also decided that I was going to heal myself. Oh, that I was going to heal myself. So I started learning aromatherapy. I had energy work done. I became a Reiki practitioner. I learned polarity. I said, I'm taking responsibility, and I'm going to heal myself. And here I am, 26 later, 26 years later.
0: So that was a long time ago. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow, and then along the way, you decided that you could inspire other women to own their feminine power and create successful businesses, and and help them that way. And what part of your journey did that
1: happen? Yeah, that's a good question. So, Bruce, everything that's taken me up to this point has that's been a very powerful lesson for me. I was an avid journal. I would journal everything and so I started writing everything down and I started doing a lot of my uh, coaching when I was in corporate and um, slowly women began to learn about me so I would say that coaching just kind of came to me or fell on me Mm -hmm. as I helped certain women move forward in their careers deal with uh, career issues or personal issues then, when there was discussion among the women, they would say, "Well, you ought to go see Pat." And so that's really how how I started. And I started uh, sharing the, the principles and the lessons that I learned through my journey in life. And I found, you know, these these are moving these practices are moving women forward. Why just limit it to the clients that I'm working with? Let's make and let's take those those lessons and those principles out to the world and make a bigger impact than just keeping them isolated with my client base. And that's what really started pushing me. And uh, to be honest with you, Bruce, my book was uh, six years in the making. You know, I started in 2014 writing it. And at that time it was called 31 uh, spiritual practices for um, women entrepreneurs. And when I went to the publisher, and he, he read my book, he said, You have three books in this one book. Uh-huh. So give me your seven, give me your, your most favorite practices, and let's do a book around those first. And then we'll we'll deal with the other uh, the other practices in a different way. So that's what ended up happening. And at the at the first the first of the time at the beginning, the book was called uh 31 self care practices, and it was stopped for a hot dog, self care practices for women, and now it's Catherine's Quest, One Woman's Journey to Elation. So it evolved. And for those that are listening to you that really have a, that are listening to a show and have a desire to write the book, one of the lessons that I have to, that I must share with you is that the book knows when it wants to be born. Mm. And you have to be mindful of that. Because for many years, I was pushing the string and said, I want this book to come out on this year. And then something would happen. And it wouldn't, I wouldn't publish. I got to the point where I heard the voice enough that the book was saying, I'm going to tell you when it's Uh going to be born. You're not going to tell me when it's going to be born. And that was a big mindful lesson is that even the book has its own spirit and its own journey, and it knows exactly the right time for you to come out with that book, and you have to honor that.
0: Well, you dedicated the book to Donnie Dahir. Donnie
1: Dare. T- mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Dare. It's pronounced Dare. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about Donnie Dare?
1: So Donnie was a uh, one of my best friends, and Donnie and I would uh, were, were, were spiritual teachers. We had our own uh, our own mastermind called Divine Mastermind and we would raise our our mission was to raise the level of consciousness of women and to grow them help them grow spiritually and right before my uh book was about to publish uh joni died of bone cancer mm. and it was very very um uh, painful and I, I told i told only this this i'm going to dedicate this book to you and It's for her. She's been with me. She's helped me through it. She's an author herself. And I just uh, wanted to acknowledge the impact that she had in my life.
0: Well, the book drew me in right away, and I'm going to repeat the name of it just in case you you forgot. It's called Catherine's Quest: One Woman's Journey to Elation, and it's a journey from island to island to island. And you've come up with some very interesting names for the islands, and I'm just I've just been so curious to talk to you about where you got some of these names: Socrata Island, Mindondo Island, Feon Island. I don't know how uh, to pronounce it yeah them it's,
1: it's incredible yeah it is an incredible yeah.
0: so i i'm sure there's a story behind every one of them
1: yes it is and and the islands um the the book is about self-leadership and Catherine, right loses her job her phone fo- her for uh her home her marriage and she's in despair and she's lost and so in the in the midst of uh packing and moving out of her home, she finds this trunk and she pulls out this journal that belonged to her uncle. And she starts reading it. And she says, my uncle was on a journey to elation. And his story is that he goes to these seven islands and every island amplifies a value. It amplifies a principle of how to lead yourself better in your life. And so he starts going to every single island. And she starts getting hope from that journey. And when I work with my editor, we said, let's come up with some creative names that uh, we can really inspire and make people remember them. And we just Mm -hmm. started playing with the letters and started uh, looking at um, Greek words. And it just really just, you know, we just allowed spirit to guide us on it. And we were Uh just open and we had so much fun with it. It was amazing uh, creativity.
0: Well, I could tell it must have been. So Socrata Island, is that from Socrates?
1: Actually, uh, not really. It was just um, different. It was different vowels and sounds that we put together. Because sounds make a difference uh, when we hear them. And we would pay attention to the way the, the, uh, the vowels and the consonants would come together and how it would land. And then we would change the vowels if it just didn't sound quite right. So until we felt the, the sounds of the island itself uh, meant something to us, then that became, the, that became the island.
0: Well, it's obvious that you were really able to pour your creativity into this. Mm-hmm. And as an IT person did you ever find you didn't have as many outlets for creativity as you would like
1: that's a great great question bruce because it's you're exactly right when you work for an it company there's a certain culture that really what they really honor and where you make decisions on are um left hand type of elements numbers customer requirements data of all different kinds and a lot of the decisions are made that way so when you have a gut feeling about something on a project if you go talk to your to go talk to management and and you say you know I know the numbers say that we should do X Y and Z for this client but I can tell you that my gut feels that we should go, go to this
0: mm-hmm
1: if you do that in corporate, you lose credibility. I would think. You lose credibility. And as women, we have a strong sense of intuition. And over time, when you, you start seeing that, that that is not really valued, women just start shutting that down and shutting it down and shutting it down. And so they go through life for a long time only uh, uh, looking at what their left side of their brain is telling them and not the intuitive side. And I, I got to a point where uh, I started realizing that I wasn't bringing all of myself into the job, that I, there was a part of me that was really missing. And when I left and I re- went into my own business, I said, I'm going to teach women how to integrate both parts. Mm-hmm. Honor what the culture has taught you about business and numbers and customer requirements and data and how to use that, but bring in your intuitive self. Well, your heartfelt sense of things in your business and your business will thrive better this way than just being a one-sided thinker, which is where the mindfulness comes in because really mindfulness is a right mind uh, decision. It really comes from the right side, from the spiritual side, from the intuitive side, more than it does from the left-hand side of, of numbers and data and uh, information.
0: I want to talk about the beautiful artwork in yes. this book. I thought it was just absolutely it,
1: absolutely
0: it. stunning. I'd love to see it in color. Is, was it created in color and then converted to black and white? Oh, there it is in color. Okay.
1: So the hardback is in color.
0: Oh, okay. You see if you
1: order the, the hardback, then... um Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's stunning, stunning. Uh, you'll get the color, and I also just recently created the the illustrations in color and turned them into affirmation cards.
0: Oh, how smart!
1: So you get the book. What I'm was what will go on sale tomorrow is the book. The journal. Yes. And then affirmation cards that relate to every single chapter.
0: Wow. I that's love exactly. that. I didn't know you were putting together a package like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: So if you get the card that relates to the chapter in the book, and it has an affirmation that's associated with the chapter in the book.
0: Well, tell us about the artist. She did these, she or he, did these as watercolors? Is that she right? She did
1: them as watercolors. Absolutely. She did yeah. them as watercolors. And... Um, just on the first introduction of the illustrations, I fell in love with them. The color is so vibrant. It's so vibrant. Here's Catherine on the beach, looking at the beautiful, water. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. So
1: they are, I love the richness of the colors that she chose, appropriate to the chapter. And she was right on. I mean, she, I have received so many comments on the illustrations. Mm-hmm. I can
0: believe it. I can believe it. And Mindful Tribe, the book that I have is the, the soft cover book, mm-hmm. uh, and it's beautiful, but I would strongly recommend you get the hard cover with the beautiful color photos, the color is photos, images. And, the, yeah.
1: and also the journal itself will have the, each chapter will have the illustration of that, uh, of that chapter and what it amplifies so the, the journal is absolutely stunning too.
0: Wow. Well, tell me about the artist.
1: Uh, well, she's, she was part of our team that was recommended. It is, she actually uh, was doing this on the side. So she had a full-time job and on the side, she was recommended and did this for me uh, as a side project.
0: And did you meet her?
1: I have not personally met her. I only, not in person, yeah and then I would love to meet her in person because she is a very uh, lovely person, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a lot of fun doing this, and it was done quickly. It was like she was meant to come into my life to do the, to the, do the art because yeah. it came quickly to her, and I fell in love with it the first time we saw the drawing, so it's like, okay, this was meant to be. I'm mindful that this is exactly uh, what was brought into my life, and uh, I said yes.
0: Well, it's beautiful. The text just flows with the images and the images flow with the text, I mm-hmm. would say. So mm-hmm. yeah, it. I was very curious to talk to you about that. Your website is MajesticCoachingGroup.com. Mm-hmm. And I'll repeat that, majestic coaching group. And I want to talk to you more about your coaching. And I know that you mentioned you're a a mind, body, and soul coach. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean?
1: Yes. And before we jump into that, just on the book, uh, your your listeners can actually go to MajesticCoachingGroup.com, Catherine's Quest, and they can download the first chapter of the book. So if they're intrigued by our conversation and they just want to do a taste, do a taste test, you can download chapter one for free. And if you like it, you can go back to the website and actually order the book and the bundle from the website.
0: Pat, could we give away a copy of the book to our listeners?
1: Absolutely.
0: That would be wonderful. And I've done that. I did that just recently on another episode and I had so many people email and want a copy of the book. And I just think it's such a beautiful gift if we can if we can offer a copy of the book to the first person that emails me with this request, Bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Can we make that happen?
1: Absolutely. It'd be a pleasure and an honor to do that.
0: Great. Just put in the subject line, Catherine's Quest book, and we'll get you a copy of that and send it right to you. That would be great. So, yes, about your mind, body and soul coaching. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. So definitely brought in all my all my lessons into uh, my coaching. And I really believe that the success of, of someone's business and success in their life really happens from the neck down. It's really a very uh, heart-centered decision-making process where life occurs and the decisions are made from here. And all those three parts really make up who we are. So to look at business success from only a process point of view, a marketing point of view, to me didn't really make any sense because that's not how I grew up in my world or how I grew my business. So I, I work on mindset. I work on mindfulness. I work on helping women make, uh, integrate the the left side and the right side of brain so that they're making decisions from from an analytical, but also from a um, intuitive side of, of, of view and helping them make that connection. Because, because we've buried it, women forget that they have that power. And so we focus, I focus on, let's I'm going to teach you how to really connect with your intuition and how to make decisions. And I give them, teach them several different, different, uh, techniques and uh, body from a perspective is, um, you know, if we are not healthy, we can't do anything else. Right. It, health that is everything. Is true. And it is everything. Uh, no one knows that better than, than, than me with having breast cancers. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Yeah. So it's important that we really, that I coach around all those three aspects of the person and have it be a holistic approach to creating the business and the life that they desire and that that it's easy and effortless.
0: With all your work in the corporate world and with IT, were you ever bullied? I mean, this must have been a, a man's world a lot of the time. And did you ever experience bullying in that corporate world? And if so, were you able to use elements of mindfulness to deal with it?
1: Well, you know the in uh, the, the man's world, it's very analytical. Yes. Right. It's very analytical. So when you start talking about, well, this is what my intuition says, you know, you get this look, like what? What are you talking about? Right. And so yeah. there's immediate resistance.
0: Uh huh.
1: Right. So I didn't necessarily get bullied, but I gotten. I got uh, just immediate resistance in, in, the, and in their eyes and their body language is that that's, that's not the way we do things here. Right. Right. You immediately get told that's not the way we do things. So they tell you verbally, you, you, you see it in their eyes. And then all of a sudden, the way their body posture changes, is like, oh, okay. I did something outside the box. Right. It's right? did some things outside the box. And then they try to fit you back into the box. Uh huh. And that's when we start losing who we really are. Right. And you get to a point where, you know, this this is this is no longer you know acceptable. It's no longer a way for me to really be in this environment if I can't really bring all of who I am into the business. And and then we start having discussions with women, and we and we start you know having, at lunchtime, having those discussions about you know let's you know don't be afraid to. Uh, be intuitive and, and use your sixth sense to get things done and to really have your heart guide you in the discussions that you have with your boss, with your clients, with your team members. Let that be a major part of how you do business because we, that's where we do our best work is when we come from here.
0: Do you think we're evolving in this world to a place where we are becoming less analytical? We're realizing that we need to be more creative and use more intuition in business?
1: Yes. Yes. It's a, It's. It'll be... Uh, it's like trying to uh, to turn the Titanic. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. Because this level of running our business from an analytical, analytical point of view... Is really no longer working Bruce we're failing in our businesses. Um, We're not attracting the type of clients that we want. It's time to change the business model. And even now with COVID-19 We're changing the business model. It's forced us to change the business model in many ways. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. it really has forced us in huge ways, and so much quicker than any other, than anything else could have forced us to change. It isn't that true.
1: Yes, absolutely. So this was—I see this as a, a wake-up call, an, an awareness call, and a call to go within, and that appears in several ways because be, many of the cities and towns are saying, "Go inside," and that's a metaphor. Go yes. inside stay home, go inside. And part of that is going inside here. Yes. It's going inside here. And we're, where we're learning, we we have been forced to do business a different way. And in many cases, we've had to change that on a dime. Right? Because so many people have been uh, are now being asked to work from home, and it happened just like that. And interestingly, business were able, were able to make those pivots quickly because they had to right? they they couldn't stop and think about it. It was we need to work this way. We need to change the way uh, we do business because of COVID. And we're going to support our employees in a different way. And it happened like that. So change is possible.
0: Yes, change is definitely possible. And it can can be faster than you think it can happen in an instant. It's so true. And it happened
1: like that for us. And we're becoming aware of of uh, this period of time is making uh, women, everyone, especially women, aware of, you know what? I like being at home with my family. I like being uh, with my kids and seeing being part of how they get up in the morning. I like being part of their education. I want a way to make to do this permanently. And so women are opening businesses at at a faster rate than any other time in history.
0: Is that right? I'm not surprised.
1: Yes. Many women have said, I like this environment. I like working from home. I don't want to go back to a brick and mortar, you know, building. I want a way to make life work for me in a different way. So they've been able to connect with what makes them happy. And they're making a decision that they, they want a different lifestyle. It's amazing the, 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 uh, the rate of businesses that are being opened by women now.
0: It certainly is. Mm-hmm. Pat, you have a project called Town Square Talks. Yes. Could you tell us about that?
1: Uh, Town Square Talk um, was born from a, a mastermind. And I really have an appreciation for masterminds. And I offer those in my business as well. And uh, my friend Pearl and I said, you know, there's so much going on with COVID-19. I'm hearing from my clients, I'm hearing from family and friends that there's some challenges to get to a point where they are able to uh, react and pivot to what is the new normal. And so we decided, how do we make that difference? How do we take the issues that we've been hearing from our friends and family and clients and put them out there in the world? So we create a town square talk and we bring in subject matter experts that are associated with the pivots that we've had to make in our lives working from home uh, for Thanksgiving now you're having to do all the cooking because you're not having the family come over like you used to so now that's a new Thanksgiving feel for you yes uh, relationships have changed right how to connect with your kids and your your husband and how that's covid-19 has changed that uh, a self care. So we just really uh, took into account what our, what we were hearing from our communities and said, let's bring the subject matter experts in and let's help people deal with the new normal. And that's what we did.
0: I know that Town Square Talks is on Facebook. Where's the best place we can find you with Town Square I
1: Talks? Also it, you're right, uh, Bruce, it is on Facebook. And we also have set up a YouTube channel. Okay, And we're uploading all our uh, all our videos, all our talks to uh, YouTube. So we invite everyone here to go Town Square, to search Town Square Talk on YouTube, and you'll see six, 16 episodes uh, of our show. And we would invite you to come in and take a peek and listen to one that really resonates with a specific challenge that you may have uh, in your life and where you might have to pivot. And, and let us give you some tips and techniques on how to make that easy for you.
0: Your leadership skills have been really noticed by a lot of organizations, and you've been recognized by Leadership Texas Mm -hmm. and the Hispanic Women's Network of Texas Mm -hmm. and women of color. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to be recognized by so many organizations for being an outstanding leader?
1: uh, First of all, I'm deeply honored that uh, there's been a recognition of the impact. I have uh, felt it for many, many years that my mission was to move women forward. And I started aligning myself with specific projects, organization. My coaching is specifically with women because that's where I felt my gifts were best. Um, that was the best environment and platform for really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for, for many, many years now. And it, you know, to be recognized for um, coaching and developing leaders uh, tells me that the practices and the coaching and the counseling is working because the organizations themselves are seeing their members grow up to be strong leaders. And that's the impact that I want to make because right now this is, this is a time for, for women to really step up and start making changes in the planet. It is the time when women can make their biggest impact and I want to be a part of that. And, you know, I am open to really having conversations with any of your listeners. They can go to majesticcoachinggroup.com and, you know, let's set a time 30 minutes and just have a conversation on what your next best step is.
0: And So you can have a free conversation. That's great. A free
1: conversation. Wow. For sure.
0: Wow. That is, that is a beautiful offer. Go to majesticcoachinggroup.com and you can connect with Pat. Now, Pat, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And so just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Wayne Dyer. Oh, he's been an incredible influence in Mm -hmm. mine as well. Second question, how has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: Mindfulness has affected my emotions in the fact that I can choose to either see what happens in my life as either good or bad or just neutral. So mindfulness has taught me that everything is neutral until I give it meaning.
0: Very interesting. Very and very concise too. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness.
1: Ooh, breathing is so critical. If there's any one self-care tool that I would teach, it would be breathing. And it would be just taking, you know, four, uh, four deep, deep breaths, holding it for four seconds, and then up breathing. Uh, well, it's really bringing in for four, holding for four, breathing up for four. And that is a, an important tool when you have a sense of anxiety or you're getting ready to do something that requires a sense of creativity. It's just connect with your breath. It is so critical. It can change your state just like that. And it can really bring in a level of calmness and creativity when you're very mindful of your breath. Instead of breathing from here, right? You breathe from here.
0: Very good. Well, your book, Catherine's Quest, is terrific, as we've been discussing. Are there any other books that you would recommend that are related to mindfulness?
1: Oh, my goodness. I have a um, You know, I have, I'm reading several books, really mindfulness and um, abundance, you know, I see are connected. Right now I'm reading a book from uh, Derek Rydell, The Abundance Project. And that is a very, a book on mindfulness also, is to be aware of where you have blind spots to abundance, because so many people see themselves separate from goodness. And good, we are good. Everything that we want in our lives is in here. But when we have a blind spot to what abundance is and we see we look for it out here, that's not where the answers are. We already have that good, the health, the wealth, the joy, the love, the happiness. It's all here. And um, we just have to be mindful that it's all here. And it's a fantastic book that I'm in the middle of reading and I love it.
0: So can you recommend an app which can help with mindfulness? Any kind of app?
1: Mindfulness is very much associated with breathing because when you're mindful about your breathing, it's, um, you're, there's a strong connection. And there's a, uh, there is an app called insight. Yes. And there's an answer an app called calm that I, that I use, but I, I use both of them to bring me back to, to center. And that mindfulness can come in the form of, uh, meditation, uh, and spiritual lessons and uh insight is um they have so many ways to really get connected and and become mindful
0: and do you mean the the app insight timer or just simply insight? oh no you're
1: right it's insight timer
0: oh okay yeah Yeah,
1: it's insight Timer. i'm looking at it i'm looking at it at my screen right now insight timer
0: yeah it's a terrific app i use it's a terrific app. every day yeah. Every, yeah yeah every day Yeah, it's a great apple. Pat, it's been fantastic talking to you. And Mindful Tribe, don't forget, you can get a copy of her book for free. Just email me, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and put Catherine's Quest book in the subject line, and we'll get a book out to you for free if you're the first person to email me with that. And Catherine, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today, and you have so much wisdom. And as we finish up, maybe you could share one more little bit of wisdom for all All of our listeners out there who just really want to move forward, be more intuitive, be more creative and enjoy their lives in a contented
1: kind of way. Embrace the journey that you're on. Everything that happens to you happens for a reason. And be mindful of the lesson that is being taught, that is being opened up for you to embrace And the way that you do that is by being fully present.
0: Pat, it has been a great pleasure. I wish you all the best and have a terrific rest of your day.
1: YouTube, Thank you so much, Bruce. I appreciate you.
0: You're welcome. Bye now. Bye-bye. Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening, for subscribing and for reviewing the show and for telling your friends about Mindfulness Mode. Thanks also to Erica Flint's Cascade Hypnosis Center for being our valued sponsor. Erica is a terrific teacher of hypnosis and I know that because I am a graduate of her program. Now, if you're a healer, a coach, a therapist, a counselor or just someone who loves helping people, you might wanna consider the powerful results that can be achieved with hypnosis. You can learn how to do it. Contact the team over at cascadehypnosiscenter.com and take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.